verse 1. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was now returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has a bath only needs to wash his feet. His whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed If you do them, we will go that far. Lots going on there. Um, So we're going to start by reading a Dr. Seuss book. Um, It's called The Foot Book. Have any of you heard of The Foot Book? You know The Foot Book. Foot Book's a great book. I used to read this to my kids all the time. It was one of my favorite books. To read to my kids goes a little something like this. Left foot, left foot, right foot, right. Feet in the morning, feet at night. Left foot, left foot, left foot, right. Wet foot, dry foot, high feet, low feet. I read this to my kids, right? You do that kind of stuff when you read to your kids. Front feet, back feet, red feet. Black feet, all kinds of feet, right? Left foot, right foot, feet, feet, feet. How many, many feet you meet? Slow feet. Quick feet. Trick feet. Thick feet. Up feet, down feet. Here come clown feet. Small feet, big feet. Here come pig feet. You're loving this, I can tell. His feet, her feet, fuzzy fur feet. In the house and on the street, how many, many feet you meet. Up in the air feet, over a chair feet. More and more feet, 24 feet. Look at that guy. Here come more and more and more feet. Left foot, right foot, feet, feet, feet. 
Oh, how many feet you meet. The end. What do you think? This is a good book, right? It has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm going to say. Um, other than it got you started, it got you to think about feet, because I want us to think about feet. For the rest of our time this morning, we are going to think about feet. One of the things I like to do when I approach a story in the Bible is I like to think of it as sort of a room that you can walk into and you notice things. So, oh, there's a couch there. That's interesting. There's a chair over here. There's a chair by the fire. Someone's sitting in it, reading a book, and there's a nice fire happening there. So you walk into a room and you, you notice things, right? So uh, let's walk into the room that is this story and see if, see if we can sort of get the feeling for what it feels like to be there. So come on in. The door is open. We see Jesus. He's reclining at the table. That's an interesting thing to say, reclining at the table with the rest of the disciples, just as the evening meal is being served. Like the table is much lower to the ground than we're used to, and they're not using chairs like we're used to. So yeah, they're sort of reclining at the table on the ground, and they probably have some sort of pillow that makes it feel more comfortable to sit on. So reclining at the table means that their feet are really close to the eating surface, right? That kind of presents a problem, right? Because you don't want the dirt from the open sandaled feet of the disciples making its way onto the table. But there's also another reality that we have to think about here. Out on the street, streets looked much different than they do for us. So out on the streets, outside of this upper room, there are animals roaming the streets all over the place. And these animals are paying no attention to where they're dropping their loads. Are you with me? So it makes it really hard not to step in it. So we're talking about really dirty feet going on here. Besides, you don't want the smell of manure mixing with the aroma of a fresh cooked meal right? This is two Sundays in a row. I've talked about manure. <laughs> You're welcome. So then Jesus gets up, takes off his outer cloak, wraps a towel around his waist, grabs a basin of water, and begins to wash the feet of the disciples. Jesus, Lord, teacher, master, the leader, the one they follow, the head honcho, the big cheese. He takes on the most disgusting job of the night and begins washing the dirt and poop off the disciples' feet. Again, two weeks in a row, I got to say the word poop, and the seventh grader inside of me is like, yes! Seventh grader inside of you is the same way. He washes that off their feet. So that's the scene. That's the room we're in. Now let's expand for a moment our, uh, our thinking about feet. Let's look at other places in the Bible where we, encounter, where we encounter feet. Because I think if we're reading the Bible closely enough and paying attention, there's actually a theology of feet that we can sort of lift up out of the Bible. You know, your feet are pretty important. If we are able, we stand on our own two feet. The Bible says, the Psalms, in fact, say that God is the one who sets our feet on solid ground. That's good news. The Psalms also say that God is the one who sets our feet on a rock. 
Like if we're going to stand on our own two feet, we want a solid place to stand. We don't want shifty ground. We don't want sandy ground. We want a good surface to stand on so things are solid and life is good. God provides that for us, apparently. But feet aren't just for standing, are they? No, feet also are for moving, for transportation. Feet get us to where it is we want to go, correct? Psalm, Psalm 18 says this, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. Have you seen a deer run? Pretty swift and agile. God gives us those kind of feet to move. God provides that for us. So when you think about feet in the Bible, think less about feet and think more about cars or SUVs or vans because cars or SUVs, automobiles are our primary mode of transportation. Now, back then, your feet were your primary mode of transportation, right? So if you wanted to get somewhere, what did you do? You walked. Back then, you needed a really good set of feet to get where you wanted to go. Feet were as significant then as cars are to us today. So really important to have good, strong, sturdy feet and solid ground on which to walk. and Swift feet like the feet of a deer. God provides that for us. Let's think of other places where we encounter feet in the Bible. There's this one story. You'll find this in Exodus chapter 3. It's a story about Moses. Moses is out in the wilderness sort of tending to his flock of sheep when he encounters this bush that's burning and yet not being consumed, which is weird in and of itself. But then something weirder happens. The voice of God comes out of the bush. And the voice of God says, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, here I am, like he's standing at attention, ready to listen, ready to go. And then God says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals. What? For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Think of that. Picture that. Enter that space. Picture him taking his sandals off, and now his bare feet are touching holy ground. And then, essentially, the next thing God says to Moses is this. Um, Look, I know what Pharaoh's doing. I know what Egypt is doing to the Hebrew nation to my people, to your people. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've heard their cries as they are being oppressed. So now go, get my people out of there. So God sent, commissioned Moses. But before he went, the things that would get him to where it is he was going, his feet needed to be holy. Take off your sandals, his bare feet on holy ground. Moses needed holy feet, consecrated feet, set apart feet, feet commandeered and used by God. What does all this mean? Maybe, maybe what the scriptures are telling us when they talk about feet is something like this. Our faith is as much about our feet, movement, where we're headed as it is about, say, things we know about God. Maybe what the scriptures are trying to tell us is that our feet, our faith is as much about our feet, movement, where we're going, as it is about anything else. That's interesting. In Isaiah chapter 52, it says this, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet 
of those that bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. That's interesting. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet? What? Who proclaim good news, who bring good tidings, who bring news of salvation? Shouldn't it be how beautiful on the mountains are the voices of those who do that? No. How beautiful are the feet? The feet? How beautiful are the feet? Go ahead, look at your feet. Take your shoes off if you want to. I will. Go look at your feet. Nobody? Just me? (laughs) Take your shoes off. You don't have to, but it makes it a lot much, it makes it a little more, I don't know, participatory. Look at your feet. Feet aren't beautiful. They come with dirt and calluses and corns and warts. Feet aren't, who thinks feet are beautiful? What? Don't worry about the smell. If we all do it, no one will know where it's coming from. So look, who thinks feet are beautiful? Apparently Isaiah thought feet were beautiful. And apparently Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, apparently he thought feet were beautiful too because he, he quoted this Old Testament verse in his letter to the Romans. There's something significant about that. How beautiful are the feet? How be- feet aren't beautiful? Yeah, feet are beautiful. Feet are holy. They're the ones that are actually, they're the things that are, that are transporting the person who's actually bringing good news. They're beautiful feet. They're consecrated feet. They're holy feet. Maybe, maybe what the Bible is trying to say is that our faith is as much about our feet, movement, where we're headed, where we're going, as it is about anything else, really. Okay, now that we've explored other places where it talks about feet, let's go back to the upper room where Jesus is washing some dirty feet. He's been with them now for three years, constantly inviting them to enter into this thing that he calls the kingdom of God. Sometimes people call it the reign of God. He's inviting people, his followers, into what God is up to in the world. And now John tells us that it's at this point in the story, chapter 13, verse 2, I think, he says this, that Jesus realized that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. So in a few hours after this, after this moment, he would confront the cross. So what does he do before he goes to the cross? He washes their feet. Do you see what's happening here? See what's going on? Jesus is standing right alongside of the Father, the feet blessing God of the Old Testament, and he's calling, commissioning, preparing, sending them out. He washes their feet. He's blessing their feet. He's making their feet holy. Since he's leaving, their feet are going to have to be his feet from now on. Go ahead. Look at your feet. Those feet are the feet of Jesus. (coughs) Where are they taking you? Look at your feet. They're the feet of Jesus. Where are they taking you? move on in the story after a little argument. Maybe it's more of a teaching moment with Peter. 
Jesus sort of explains what's up here. In verse 12, he says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord. Rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Three years with 12 people, more if we count the women. So let's include the women. So there's like 24 at least, maybe 30 people there in that upper room. He's trained them, he's taught them, he's loved them, he's healed them. Right? Now that he's leaving, some of his parting words are these. You should wash one another's feet. In other words, Jesus says, look, I'm not going to be present to you in the way that I am now. So now you're going to have to do the things that I've been doing. You're going to have to train each other, love each other, teach each other, heal each other. Friends, God's calling on all of our lives is radically personal and individualized because we're different people, period. But that calling is never, never accomplished in isolation. Never. We need each other. You now wash each other's feet. Even though God's calling on our lives will play out differently for each of us, Jesus tells us that, oh, it's very, very important to be connected together in a community. Friends, we need each other. Jesus didn't start an institution in which one or two or three people sort of do all the teaching and training and healing and loving. No, Jesus started like a movement of people who train, teach, love, heal, offer grace to one another, offer grace to each other so that then the community together can do those things out there in and for the world around us. So right now we have, we're starting in the fall a bunch of new things, all kinds of ways for you to connect up with God, in with each other, and out with the world. I, I, I ask that you just pay attention to what's happening there and ask yourself the question, where are my feet taking me? Are there places I can connect? There are places on Wednesday night and Sunday evening to connect with what's happening with our kids, with Renew Kids Club and Ignite and the new high school youth group. I encourage you to think about whether or not your feet might take you there. In a few weeks, uh, we're gonna have available for you information about all the different serving teams that we have, all of the different ways in which your feet can take you, all the different places. I would encourage you to grab one of those things. Pray over them and ask God, where ought my feet take me? God, make my feet move. Because we need each other. We can't do things in isolation. We need people hooked up and involved. Are you with me? Where are your feet taking you? We need each other. And sometimes we need each other because our feet take us to places that we shouldn't go or we know we ought not to go. Sometimes our feet get us into trouble. Are you with me? Listen to what the Proverbs say about feet. (laughs) All this feet stuff is fun. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Reality is we, sur- we swerve right and left like all the time, don't we? 
Sometimes we use our feet as weapons to stomp on, step on, if not literally, then figuratively with the things that we do to one another and say to one another, the things that we intentionally don't do for one another. Sometimes our feet land us in places that we don't even want to go, places like the bottle, the pill, into the virtual world of pornography, into the arms of someone other than our spouse, right? into business practices that are, that are less than honorable, right? into lying, cheating. I mean, you know that list. It's forever long. We need each other. When our feet bring us into places that we know we don't want to go, or we know that we don't belong, and we find ourselves in, a space, ourselves in a space like that, what would it be like for us to just pick up the phone in that moment, call a friend and say, friend, I got dirty feet. Can you wash them? Friend, I've got dirty feet. Can you at least lead me to the water? Friend, I need help. My feet are about to bring me to a place that I don't want to go. Can you, can you help me make them holy again? We need each other. One more thought. Jesus stands alongside his father, father, calling, commissioning, sending out our feet in a very real sense, our his feet, so that we can be his presence out there in the world. He gives us each other as a gift so that we can live out our callings in community. But Jesus doesn't just say, hey, y'all should wash each other's feet. No, he shows them. He actually does it. Jesus, teacher, master, Lord, the head honcho, their leader, he actually washes their feet. So this is a do as you see me do kind of a thing. Verse five, after that, poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Really? Serious, Jesus? The leader, Lord, teacher, on his knees, washing dirt and poop off of feet? That's not how the world works works, Jesus. Imagine this. President Trump gathers his cabinet together. He takes off his shiny black shoes and takes off his socks and asks them to do the same. Then he takes off his coat and grabs a towel and a basin of water and gets on his hands and knees and begins washing their feet one by one, getting all the sock lint out of their toes and washing off all of the dirt and making sure that there's no more toe jam in there, touching warts and corns and all that stuff, making their feet clean. Imagine that. Or imagine him washing the feet of a leader of another nation like Kim Jong-un in North Korea. Imagine him washing his feet. That's not how the world works. But it's how we work. It's how we do things. The first shall become last. Have you heard that before? 
What's another one? Oh, lose your life to save your life. You heard that one before? Serve rather than be served. Jesus says, you will be blessed if you do these things. Maybe. Maybe our faith is is just as much about our feet, where we're moving, where we're headed, as it is about anything else. Friends, your feet are holy feet. Your feet, in a very real sense, are the very feet of Jesus. Where are they taking you? Where are they taking you? If you have lonely feet, find some other feet to befriend your feet because all feet need friends. We need each other. If you have dirty feet, humble yourself enough to ask someone for a good cleaning or at least maybe for them to lead you to the water. And finally, let's keep our feet humble because your feet are just as smelly as mine. So if you took your shoes off, put them back on because it's starting to smell in here. Where are your feet taking you? Let's pray. God, thanks for your word.